0: PlushCare Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hello
2: there. Thank you for inviting me into your eardrums. I'm Sarah Wendell from Smart Podcast Trashy Books. And in our last collection of Patreon listener questions, we had two inquiries about the process of reviewing what we look for, what questions we're trying to answer when we write a review. So Shayna joins Amanda and me to talk about the process of reviewing romance. We talk about how reviewing helps us identify what we most like to read and how reading and review writing works for each of us as writers, plus a little extra insight as to my process in editorial oversight. I want to thank Patreon members Tara, C, and Leslie for the very kind and thoughtful questions. And thank you to our Patreon community, who is entirely awesome. Every time you support the show, you're making sure every episode is transcribed, making sure every episode is accessible, and you keep the show going, which is pretty awesome. Thank you so much to Laura, Maya, Erin, and Brianna, who are new members of the Patreon. If you would like to take a look, patreon.com slash smartbitches. This podcast episode is brought to you in part by Acorn TV. After a long day, especially as it starts to get darker early, there is nothing like relaxing and turning off the mental to-do list with a great show or movie. And I love having a new story to follow, especially now that I have Acorn TV. Acorn TV is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres, and originals you won't find anywhere else. You get thousands of hours of content for a fraction of the cost. It's just $5.99 a month. The series on Acorn are exceptional. Clever writing, gorgeous visuals, and actors like David Tennant, and I'm pretty sure he goes under gorgeous visuals for some of you. Have you been watching Lucy Lawless in her fabulous Mystery of the Week show on Acorn? It's called My Life is Murder. It's an Australian detective drama with a retired investigator, Lucy Lawless, constantly being asked to solve cold cases. And as I've mentioned, Renee O'Connor, who played Gabrielle on Xena Warrior Princess, was a guest star. It was so great. Try Acorn TV free for 30 days by going to acorn.tv and use my promo code, Sarah, but you have to enter the code in all lowercase letters. That's A-C-O-R-N.TV code, lowercase case s-a-r-a-h to get your first 30 days for free and if you have acorn and you have rex please share them with me at sbjpodcast at gmail.com this podcast episode is brought to you by ritual a vegan-friendly multivitamin delivered to your door that's formulated with high quality nutrients in bioavailable forms that your body can actually use Many people age 19 through 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet, and some are not getting the recommended daily intake of key omega-3s. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and up. It is formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. Ritual also invested in a gold standard university-led clinical trial to prove the impact of Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin. I like knowing all the steps behind my vitamins, and I love the ease. My multivitamins are delivered to my door every month with free shipping, and I can start, snooze, or cancel my subscription at any time. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit Ritual.com Sarah and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at Ritual.com Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Gainful. There is nothing more personal than your health. So when it comes to finding the right nutrition supplements to meet your fitness goals, you need a personalized approach. Thankfully, now there's Gainful, a personalized nutrition system that's formulated for your body and your goals. I started by taking the five minute Gainful quiz, which considers my dietary needs, my fitness and health goals, and my unique physiology to personalize my formula. Gainful delivers my supplements with no shipping charge every month. I can cancel any time or adapt my plan as needed. But this is my favorite part. The supplement is flavorless, and I receive different flavor boosts so I can customize how I want my supplement to taste. It's up to me. I have options, and I'm not stuck with a giant tub of one flavor that I'm going to get tired of. It's a total win. Start your personalized fitness journey today with Gainful. Get $20 off your personalized supplements by going to gainful.com slash Sarah. That's gainful.com slash Sarah for $20 off. Gainful. Personalized nutrition made for your tastes. This episode was made possible by Wilbur, my feline sound engineer, and by Pretty Litter. Everything I do for Wilbur is rooted in love, even when he is testing my patience. I always want what's best for him. For example, love is using one of the two hands that I need for work to pet the cat on demand. Love is also keeping tabs on his health because nothing is more important than his health and well being, and that is why I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is the best cat litter for your cat. It changes colors to help detect early signs of potential illnesses, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. Cats are notoriously stoic when they're uncomfortable and I have had the experience of not knowing something was wrong until it was very expensive and scary. Knowing how Wilbur's doing at a glance is very reassuring. Shipping is free and I never have to worry about storing a bulky container or carrying that 40 pound bag up the steps. Love is putting your cat's health first with Pretty Litter. Do what I did. Make the switch today by visiting prettylitter.com and use promo code TRASHY for 20% off your first order. That's prettylitter.com promo code TRASHY for 20% off. prettylitter.com promo code TRASHY. We had such a great time discussing, reviewing, and answering these questions. So let's get to it, shall we? On with me and Amanda and Shayna talking about reviewing romance. I would mm-hmm. just like to thank Linus for making biscuits over your shoulder. Wait,
3: wait he's on my bed?
2: Yeah, he's behind oh, you. Oh, my goodness.
3: Yeah, wow. there he is. He's making biscuits. Oh. My in real life.
0: Yeah, this never happens, Shana. I hope you know that. You can ask <laughs> Sarah. He never does this. Linus,
2: Linus doesn't like me the minute we start talking. He's out. He leaves. <laughs> All right, so Tara's question is, what are the processes you go through when you review a book how do you choose which books to review? What questions do you ask yourself? What makes you want to throw a book across the room, etc.? I love this question. And then Leslie had a follow up. Leslie says, may I add to this? Of course, Leslie,
0: you may. What is the, I guess, breakdown of what the site is looking for in a review? The reason I follow and trust uh, Smart Pitches specifically in a way that I trust basically no other Romance Landia site is because as an almost strictly historical romance reader who falls further on the left side of the political spectrum than the vast majority of other <laughs> historical romance readers with whom she interacts, and there are a lot, she says, is because I can depend on the site to point out issues of consent, not just in sex, in relationships, racism, homophobia, anti-Semitism, etc., but also to discuss the overall shape of the plot, characters, et cetera, without feeling overly summary forward or super theoretical. My point is the reviews here are a really good balance on a number of levels, despite being written by a wide variety of reviewers. And I'm wondering if there are guidelines, if it's something you look for in reviewers, so on and so on. Thank you. Um, Linus is already gone, by the way. Yeah, Linus is like, yeah, you're
2: talking. (laughs) I got to go. (laughs) <laughs> Linus, Linus's review of this podcast is I'm leaving, uh, but thank you, Leslie, for the compliments. Um, I do work really hard to make those things true, and it really means a lot to me that you noticed. So thank you. That makes my entire week probably longer than that, especially because today is typically the day I do editorial, and these are all things that are on the the top of my brain. Um, Shana, I would really love to start with you with the with with Tara and Leslie's questions. What do you do when you go, when you decide to review a book? How do you choose what to review? And what do you ask yourself when you're doing a review?
3: Well, I feel like it's probably the same process that I go through when I just choose a book to read. It's just, it's a book that I like. (laughs) And probably about half the time, I'm deciding to review a book because I love the blurb. Maybe it's using the trope a little bit differently. Um, it might have succeeded or failed at doing that, but that's usually why I choose. And then half the time, I don't plan to read a book or I plan, plan to review a book, and I'm just in the middle of reading it. And I think, oh my God, I have to talk to everybody about this. And a good example of that is that Hot Priest book that was not <laughs> yes, very hot.
0: Which was such a good review, by the way. It was oh, a okay. really,
2: yeah. really <laughs> thorough review. And it's, it's hard to write a review when you're like, I have lots to say.
3: I had a lot to say about that and I think the the final review was like even one-eighth of the things that I could have said but at some point you can't actually write a book about the book
2: sometimes you can't write a book about the book I don't
0: know some people have done it I
2: have done it I have done I have done I have written a book about many books I wrote books about all the books, <laughs> but I, I totally, true. it's true. I have those covers right there. I have very much found myself writing a book about a book before. Oh yeah. And and it's like when you get going and all of a sudden your brain sort of organizes all the things you have to say. And it's like, and another thing and one more thing. And just let me tell you this other part. You're not going to believe this. Yep. That's, that definitely happens to me. <laughs> So what questions do you ask yourself when you review, Amanda?
0: Oh boy. Um I will I will say these days I nope out of a book pretty quickly. Um and <laughs> I give it about 50 pages and if it's not grabbing me, it's out. And then, you know, there's always the the, like, back and forth of, like, do I keep reading this terrible book for the sake of reviewing it so other people know about it? Or do I save myself <laughs> the the pain and agony? Um, but, like, like Shayna said, I pick up a book because it interests me. Like, why would I want to review? So this has happened with, no offense to Courtney Milan, uh, but the Duke who didn't came out and I was going to review it. and. Halfway through, I realized I really don't like a friends to lovers sort of setup. That is not and your I, jam. No, and I realized yeah. this book is not for me. Like it's fine, but I don't think I could have given it like a fair shake because I this trope is already not my bag. Um, so I asked Catherine if she would review it, and of course she did, and it was her jam. Um, but yeah, I try to mainly stick with books that I know appeal to me, like character-wise, setting-wise, trope-wise. Because if I don't, then, like, I feel as if the review is already starting off on the wrong foot. If I'm just picking up a book that I don't really, so I don't, like, read a lot of historical romance, so why would I force myself to read one when they usually don't interest me? So definitely interest is a big part of what I pick up.
2: Yeah, it's hard to write to write a review from the per- perspective of this is not my jam, and this is yet another example of why this is not my jam. Like, okay, well, as a reader reading that review, how is that useful?
0: Yeah, because most readers who don't review books for a
2: job or, or whatever,
0: yeah, are only going to pick up books that sound good to them,
2: right? And there's there's a third classification which I'll get to in a, into in a, in a minute, but it is very difficult i think to start writing a review of a book from the perspective of this is not the thing i like and this is yet another example of why i don't like it now unless that particular example is doing something extraordinary in a positive or negative or in some other way um there has to be a reason i think the underlying reason that you've written the review in the first place and i think one thing that has happened over the years of so many things being reviewed on the internet is that you can almost very quickly tell sometimes exactly what the motivation was. And sometimes it's not, I read this book and I want to tell you about it. It's some other thing. Like I'm having a bad day and this is, I'm putting my bad feelings on this review of this vacuum cleaner. Like, okay, you had a bad day (laughs) and the vacuum didn't help. I got it. I see exactly what Mm. you mean. What makes it complicated with romance is that because they're about feelings and they're because they're meant to inspire emotions, people get emotional about them. Uh, That's completely part of the Package. I mean, that's just part of what happens, right? Yeah.
3: Shayna, what about you? Well, the big reason I was thinking that I wouldn't review a book is actually usually because I loved it too much. Hmm. So sometimes I read a book and that's a
4: hot take,
3: (laughs) Shayna. Sometimes it's just like I just overwhelmed with my feelings, kind of like you were just saying, Sarah. So, like, I just loved it so much. I'm like incoherent. Like, I just have nothing to say. But like, Gaga, that would be so beautiful, <laughs> and and that wouldn't be a very interesting review. Like, I read um last night at the Telegraph Club, which is this like mm, yeah um you know lesbian historical novel set in like the fifties, I think, in you know Chinatown in San Francisco, and it was just so beautiful. See, I don't even know what to say about it now. Like, it, it was just, like, wonderful, and I loved everything about it. But, like, I just couldn't decide what to say other than, like, you should read it, but you might not like it. I'm not sure why I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> well, one one thing that
0: we get a, a lot of, and I know, like, I'm guilty of this, and I'm sure, like, Sarah is, too, is, like, you read a book, and you ra- realize, like, this is the right book at the right moment. For me, Mm -hmm. and you know, it's comforting. But it's like, how is that a review? You know what I mean? I think that ties into like, you love a book so much because it ticks all the boxes in like your current, present place in time. Um, But that isn't going to be the case for everyone who picks up that book based on your review. Um, So I think the the balance of loving something but also still being critical can be hard. And sometimes you don't want to be critical. You just want to enjoy the book because it made you feel good things. I think for me, though, the, the hardest reviews to write are the ones that are like, it, it was a book. There were some <laughs> letters on some pages. Some stuff happened. Do I remember it? Mm, not quite. But <laughs> I finished it. Like, you can't you can't really say it was bad but you can't really say it was good like those middle of the road books are yeah for me the hardest
3: to-
2: meh. meh reviews are the right. hardest like yeah those were some words yeah. okay
3: it was okay <laughs> i think that was even your advice you gave me as a new reviewer amanda because i think my very first review was like a c book I'm like this is so hard <laughs> it is the c ones
0: are so hard they are because it's like not egregiously bad, but it's not like oh my god, you have to read this book right now. And it's like how how much can you keep going in that circle of like it was okay? Here's why it was okay.
3: It exists, did it? Need yeah, to it
0: exist? exists. Probably not. Should you pick it up? I guess. Like if you want.
2: <laughs> When Adam was in college, there was a classic rock radio station and one of their promos was, this may not be your favorite song, but it has a lot of the same notes. <laughs> and then they would play a different song. And I feel that way about a lot of books. Like, all right, this is a perfectly serviceable example of this trope. It was it was there. Um, yeah, it didn't blow my socks off and it was technically proficient, but, you know, I wasn't like super excited or super disappointed. It was there. And that's that's very hard to articulate. I think what gets tricky is when you are trying to both articulate your opinion and then also decipher why you have that opinion. Do you have this opinion of this book because it was the perfect book for you at this moment and it did exactly what you needed to do? And for that, you are deeply grateful and appreciative, even though if you look at it objectively, there are flaws. Or do you have complete inability to be neutral or objective about this book in any regard because you absolutely adored it or because it just offended you to your core? And either way, those are hard positions to explain because if you're like, if you're, Shana, if you are so over the top in love with a book and it just did everything, sometimes I know that when I'm having that experience, it will start to diminish if I start to try to deploy critical thinking about it, and I just, I just want the sparkly, fluffy, gloriousness. I, I, do, I don't want to think too hard about the technicalities um, because they're like, okay, well, yeah, there was that one character whose whose story didn't get resolved, and one thing I've seen a lot of lately. Total aside, I've seen a lot of the conflict being being based on. I have shitty boundaries. Maybe I will get some, which I cannot read. It makes me instantly frustrated. Like, I, yeah. I have no patience. And also, conflict that dissolves instead of resolves. Like, we have a conflict. Wait, um, apparently we don't anymore. We, it, uh, we well, I have decided I don't care about this problem. Uh, happy ever after. And sometimes those two things are present or one of them is present and I'm really enjoying it. And I know the minute I start to look look at it critically, the the bubble will burst and the fantasy will dissolve. And I'll be like, but I just wanted to enjoy my book. My brain sometimes does not help.
0: (laughs) I mean, that's how I feel about any, like, even if I pick up a book just to read and I don't plan to review, it's like, can I turn that critical part of my brain off and just? Simply read the fucking book, Amanda. No, like, I cannot. Just read it and like, don't think too hard and just kind of like, but no, I think that reviewer part of your brain usually tries to like sneak in there. And I'm like, please, please don't, please, nope. like, please stop. It's a like, hazard. Before, <laughs> before you logged on, Dana, I was telling Sarah that I was up till 4am reading The Duke I Tempted by Scarlett Peckham. Um, oh, yeah, I love
3: that.
0: Which I think I read half of it in one sitting. I, I looked on my Kindle at like midnight and be like, maybe I'll like read something for a minute. And then like four hours later, I'm loving it. But there's still like parts of my brain that are being like nitpicky about like the pacing. So that I feel like that's one thing I, I struggle with in terms of like preserving those good book feelings is yeah. like to turn off that that critical thinking part of my brain.
3: Yeah, sometimes I can be very resentful of the decision I made to review a book. (laughs) Like very angry at past me because it's not like, you know, Sarah made me do it. Amanda was like, you must review this book. I chose. No, we don't assign. (laughs) We let you choose. And so like, you know, a good example was um, The Wife in the Attic, that like Jane Eyre retelling i was reading it i was just like god i love this i love everything about it it is just like ringing through me and and then oh no i have to pay attention to things that might not be perfect (laughs) i don't want to like i'm throwing a tantrum while reading the book like no (laughs) (laughs) i love you don't make me
2: do it (laughs) Don't make me acknowledge any flaws. It will ruin the joy.
0: Yep. I know but it's that just feeling. like Shana talking to herself in a mirror.
3: Yes, it's <laughs> like, just me. Why did you make me do this? That's Shana.
2: My other problem is that when a book has been uh, claimed for review and I want to read it, I'll read it. And sometimes I'm like, damn it, I have many words and no place to put them. Or it completely, completely diminishes my motivation and curiosity because I know I'm going to edit the review. So one one Uh. thing that people who are listening may not know is that every review is edited by me. Like all reviews go through me before they go to the site. So I I tend to take it extra personally when something is wrong because I'm like, damn it, I messed up on that one. So all the reviews go through me. Most of the content um, that is uh, review critical goes through me and I know I'm going to read a review of the book. So I either have to hurry up or just accept that I'm going to be reading a review of the book. And that might also color whether or not I want to read it, which is what a a good review does. I mean, the whole point of a review for the site in most cases is to help a reader make a decision as to whether or not they want to read that book, whether it's an investment of time or money or both. We want to help people make informed decisions, especially When, like I said, since romances are about emotions, informed decisions sometimes means warning people when something harmful or hurtful might be waiting around the corner.
0: I think back to what you're saying about reviewers reviewing books that you also read or want to read. I also have that problem. Like, (laughs) because I schedule the things. So, like, I also have to look at these things, maybe not as closely as you do. But I still see the grade, and I still see some of the comments, especially if I have to pull quotes for yes. you know social media or like books on sale or whatever, yeah, and I'm like, oh, that was on my list. So it was like, Meh. but I but I just saw what you know so and so thought about it, and I'm like, do I really need to read it now? It does like lessen my it does get moved down the pile yeah. way way further um once someone reviews a book that I like I was curious yeah. to good, read good news there are
2: so many books to read yeah there's no shortage bad news there's no shortage of
3: <laughs> books to read nope <laughs> yeah I love it it's like thank you for removing that from my list so that I can get back to the 2,000 other books that I plan to read this year <laughs> and the
2: fanfic that I'm reading and the uh, interactive fiction game that I'm playing and all the other ways in which I'm interacting and the video game that I'm playing. Yeah. All the other stories that I'm, I have in progress. Yep.
3: Yeah. This is why I can't um, read Goodreads reviews for a book that I'm reviewing until after I finish the review. I don't want to know. And I know that not everybody does that, but like I am such a people pleaser that if I know what other people think, like it'll color my review. So I have to completely finish my review and all my thoughts. And then read the Goodreads Reviews. And oftentimes I'm really surprised. And then I sometimes feel validated. Like, everybody loves this book. Why don't they realize how stupid it is? I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> I'm
0: going to explain in great detail why. I feel was- like I have the opposite. <laughs> I, so I don't have a problem reading Goodreads Reviews. But I feel like books that I love, more people don't love.
3: <laughs> oh, that makes me so angry! I'm
0: like, I want to fight you about that. <laughs> How dare you! Not like, love but my then I, I like started thinking, I was like, did I miss the point? Like, is there? Did I? Am I reading the right book? Why does everyone not like this? Obviously, you didn't. They're obviously wrong. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your confidence in me. <laughs> I I'm appreciate
3: confidence. <laughs> Sorry, the whole world is wrong, Amanda. But thank goodness you know. It's a way to feel so wrong. (laughs) Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door.
4: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
2: Being in complete lack of alignment with other people about a book is really disorienting, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's how I feel about poetry. Like...
2: (laughs) whole genre like, of poetry. The whole genre
0: of poetry. I don't like poetry <laughs> because most of the time I don't get it, and it was like, am
2: I missing? Okay, something. Okay, so it just. I'm going to explain. <laughs> there once was a man from, from Nantucket. Nantucket. Okay, so you <laughs> with me so far? <laughs> I just feel
0: like I have a little, like, you know turkey brain where it's like I am not understanding is there supposed to be a metaphor here like in terms of poetry my limit is like hop on pop by no yeah I don't like things that make me feel like I don't get it and sometimes good reading CVs can do that it's like Ooh. that's not the
3: experience I had at all maybe do not send your poetry to Amanda to
2: review it. No, <laughs> no I'm, not, I'm not the one to review your poetry. The
3: poetry Corner
2: is, is not open at this time, no.
0: <laughs> my, my biggest critique is like, it doesn't rhyme.
2: <laughs> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Automatic fail.
2: I want to go back to Tara's question about the process when I review a book and how I choose to review a book. Because I also want to say, you know, I do... I do pay reviewers, I do pay them, but I don't assign books and I don't like I don't stand over all the reviewers like where's my review? where is it? where is it? Because reviewing a book is a really hard thing to do, especially especially
0: the last year.
2: Especially in the last year and a half, yeah. And in addition, the reviews that our community expects are pretty critical and intensive. It's not like this book had words, three stars, like even a lightning review is going to pull out something that speaks to that reader or speaks to that reviewer. And so reviewing a book right now is a really hard job. Like it's hard for me. I don't have sometimes a lot of extra brain energy to not only react to the book, but then articulate my reaction to the book, especially when I'm already so stressed and exhausted mentally that sometimes my reaction is a whole lot of Okay, next book. I mean, sometimes all I want is what I think of as potato chip romance, just one after the other. Go in, let's go, let's go. Yep, mm-hmm, next one. Thank you, thank you. And it's just that that constant little hit of good feelings. That's what I'm looking for. And sometimes my reaction to that is okay. Thank you. Next book. I need another book. I need another. I mean, I'm not going to stop at one Pringle. That is not the law. <laughs> when I want to review a book, though. What makes me want to review a book is when I have something to say or share about it. And like Amanda said, it's really hard for me to turn off that critical part of my brain. And then I have a sort of set of questions that I usually try to answer either when I am writing or editing my review or when I'm editing someone else's review. What did I think of the book? Why did I think that? And what does a reader need to know about the book in order to make a decision to read it? Is this review a recommendation? Is this is this review a report? Or is this book review a warning? And the fourth type is, y'all are not going to believe this. (laughs) So is it a recommendation? Is it a report? Is it a warning? Or is it a y'all get a (laughs) snack? Buckle up. Buckle up because listen okay the rails are here we are no longer on them
0: (laughs) we are so far away from these rails
2: and i love those like i love a review where it's like y'all just need to get a snack and have a seat like the alexis hall review
0: oh that was i like something of sea and ruin or whatever i saw it and i was like listen Alexis put a lot of work into this review, and I don't know if I'm going to read the book, but I'm reading this review. That's why
2: people love the F reviews on the site, because a lot of the time it is, y'all are not going to believe this shit review. And And then people are like, you're right,
0: I don't believe it. I need to read it for myself.
2: I mean, every year we sell affiliate copies of the Billionaire Playboy sheik's Virgin Stable Girl, and I can tell you why. (laughs) I fucking love that book. I love that review and I love that book and I wrote that review. <laughs> and that is 100% a, y'all need to have a seat and listen to this story because oh my God. <laughs> And there's always a romance that you've read where you could just recap it and be like, and then she stabs herself in her appendix car with a box cutter and bleeds all over the floor. That's a Diana Palmer, <laughs> by the way, as recapped by Heather Osborne, a story I have heard multiple times and still laugh my <laughs> my laugh my eyeballs silly Like when I read that. I mean, you know what I mean, right, Shana? Like there's always a book where like, yep, yep. hmm.
0: Do Do either of you have like one of those go-to like weird... Like, romances, where it's, like, you remember it, and when you tell someone someone about it, that is the first thing that you mention. Like, for me, it's, like, the Cressley Cole Immortals After Dark books, especially ones with demons. Oh, and the horns? Because I love mentioning that demons can't ejaculate until they find their soulmate. (laughs) So they can have sex with their partners. (laughs) But there's this weird seal over, <laughs> over their penises. And that's the only way they know they've found their mate is if, you know, just, Mount Vesuvius erupts, it just, essentially. They just
2: got to up the ante. Sometimes, <laughs> like for the Carpathians, their hearts would start to beat and they would see in color. And sometimes you just, you're, you're able imagine, to ejaculate.
4: <laughs>
0: can you imagine you get dicked so hard? Or you have such amazing sex that you start seeing in other colors. That's what happened to everyone? <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I missed that boat, Shayna. I'll report back if, <laughs> if I
2: start seeing in neon. I cannot, oh gosh, I cannot breathe. <laughs> and the funny thing, I'm going to wipe my eyes. Oh my God. <laughs> The funny thing about that is when you start talking about these demons who can't ejaculate, right? (laughs) As you do. (laughs) You either have people who are like, oh, yeah, I totally read that. Yep. mm -hmm, Absolutely. They couldn't come. And the other people are going to be like, what? Like It's
0: like the first out of the gate is like, listen, listen. I want to recommend these books to you. But but you need to know something first. Yep. And how you feel about what I'm about to say is going to determine whether or not these books are for
2: you. I feel the same way about some of the older historicals that have a great deal of nostalgia affection on my part. So if I explain to you that in a particular historical, there is an arranged marriage And the heroine has deliberately made herself as unattractive a prospect as possible. So the hero would not pick her, but then he does pick her because he wants to drop her in the country and go back to boning his mistress in London, as you do. And so he has to use cream to ease his way. And he thinks he's being so thoughtful to use this cream. And like, if I say this to somebody who is just beginning to enter the genre, they're going to be like, what, 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 what? And if I speak to somebody who has read some older historicals, they're going to be like, oh yeah, that's nothing. Let me tell you about that time they had sex in a dirty cold pond on horseback let me tell
0: you about all the different ways pearls are used (laughs) 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 we have had i will say we have had so many (laughs) habos where there is a pearl scene and we get so many like recommendations in the comments because
3: people are like oh it could be this, but it could be It could be, like, I never knew. There's seven but... <laughs> books with this scene.
0: <laughs> There's, like, there are certainly trends in romance, and for a while, it was pearls. Pearls it and love like... grottos,
3: baby. Pearls and love grottos. <laughs> well, that's why I loved that, um, that Scottish historical, the heart, my heart is in the Highlands, because it was all of the tropes from the, like, 90s, but, like, It was as though, I mean, I don't know what happened. It was as though like the author was in this great time travel machine of her own. (laughs) And, but I've never read that in a a lesbian one. It was amazing. And like nothing made any sense. There was no attempt for it to make sense. Like we deserve this too. (laughs) We do. (laughs) There's this point where the couple, like. They set the castle on fire and then have sex in the bedroom while the bed- the literal room they're in is burning around and then like you know leap out the window, I'm like, what is happening? Why is it happening?
0: But does one ha- of them start seeing in color afterwards?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're You're right, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I would after that. <laughs> I was seen in colors reading it.
2: <laughs> is it like how scientists have, have tried to calibrate how bugs and birds see flowers and it's like this gorgeous infrared technicolor glow? Like, do you get infrared vision? <laughs> is this a lesbian secret you're not telling
3: us? It definitely is. Everyone, I, I suggest sex with women. Because
2: <laughs> you see bro. an infrared. You, you get will see, like It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I just want to show you guys, I love the site Autostraddle. They are a independent queer uh, media site. And so I joined their little A-plus membership. And I got some stickers, including one that says, read a fucking book, which, you know, I'm in favor yeah. of. Uh, there's one that says, gal pal. And then there's this one, which is my favorite.
0: <laughs> <laughs> scissors. Scissors. <laughs> One of my favorite, like enamel pin makers, does like uh, queer weapons. So there's like battle axe bisexual, (laughs) and it has like this battle axe with like
3: bisexual colors. Oh my god! I've seen these. You've seen them. I was at Disneyland. I was waiting in line to go on the Tower of Terror ride. Not where I
2: expected this story to take place,
3: but okay. (laughs) The queers in front of me had like that pin on. And I, of course, have no problem talking to complete strangers. No. So imagine. I was like, hello, where did that pin come from? And then once you start, it's you for the next 45 minutes with your new friends in line talking about the Etsy shop where that pin came from and also their other pins and how they're amazing. Yes. Reminding reminding me because I took a picture of them so I could buy them. Now I can.
0: I'll post. Yeah. They have like sword lesbian. Oh, They have yeah. one with like three, like three weapons and it's poly armory.
2: When you guys are trying to decide whether to read a book and you are looking at reviews, what do you look for in a review? And do you try to do that in the reviews that you write? That's a tough question.
3: Mm, That is.
2: So in a review, I look for the same things in a book that I'm trying to decide whether to read or in a review that I'm trying to write or in a review that I'm trying to edit. The first thing is scissoring. That's the first thing I'm going to look for. (laughs) Preferably on a sticker. Control F. Yep. Scissor. Scissor. Yep. What did the reviewer think of the book? Can I walk away from the review and say, all right, this is what that reviewer thought. Why did they feel that way? What did you think of the book and why did you feel that way? All right. Well, I really love this book because I was in the absolute worst place and this book gave me all the happy feels. I cannot be objective about it. It made me feel good. Your mileage may vary. Good to know. What does a reader (laughs) up? Oh, FedEx is here. (laughs) what does a reader who hasn't read the book need to know? And that's why I like spoiler tags. Like you can elect not to read the spoilers and the narrative of the review should work. But if you need that extra information, we want to put it there. Uh, The biggest thing for me when I'm editing is does the grade match the text? If you look at the grade and then you read the text, do those things match up? And like I said, I don't take A lot of things very seriously, but I take very seriously the uh, importance of making recommendations to people because people are going to be entrusting their emotions into this book. I want to be a trustworthy source of whether or not you can trust your emotions. I just said the word trust like nine times, so it doesn't mean (laughs) anything anymore. But I want people to, I want readers to have the experience that they're looking for in a book with a romance. And I want to make sure that they know that this is this is likely to provide that. And this is likely to not provide that. Like, I'm not recommending Friends to Lovers to Amanda unless the Friends to Lovers part is like the last quarter and they spend the first three quarters trying to kill each other. Then maybe, (laughs) maybe, maybe. Shana, what about you? What are you looking for when you read a review of a book?
3: You know, I think I'm looking for is this person aware of their own biases? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Like, how self-reflective are they? Um, Because for me, when I review, I'm always thinking about my own position in the world. And, like, how does that impact how I'm responding to this book? And I feel a lot of responsibility to what I imagine are all of my, like, book siblings out there who, like, share some, like, slice of similarity with me. And they want to know, like... That you're a fat person. Is there going to be fat shaming in this book that like might go over the head of a thin reviewer? But like, I will feel like a knife in my gut. Yeah. Like, and I will tell you that, you know, so that's what I look for in reviews. So I really love the reviews where even if it's just like, I know half the reason I love this book is because I missed traveling during the pandemic. And it made me feel like I was in this other country. Like, I want to know like who you are. And like why that you love this book. And so any review that either positive or negative, that doesn't explain that I do not trust because I don't know if we are similar enough, or if you understand like me and who I am as a reader, that you will read the book and understand it the way that I will, which is why Amanda is always right. And the Goodreads reviewers are always wrong.
0: <laughs> There's nothing I love hearing more than I'm right. I will say. <laughs> The reviews that I read, first of all, I will pretty much only trust a majority of reviews from people that I know and trust. Uh, Because
2: Goodreads can be a
0: cesspool. What?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Wait, an unmoderated corporate owned (laughs) arm of a retailer? (laughs) Is. Stop. With 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 a I number know. of different schemes for extortion and number of different ways to game the rating system, that's not a general system you trust.
3: Wow, <laughs> what's the world coming to? No,
0: <laughs> I know you can't even trust <laughs> Goodreads. Um, so I put a lot of weight into books that are recommended to me by my fellow, you know, book reading friends or not recommended to me by my fellow book reading friends. Like, you know, I work with a bookseller named Audrey, who I have said is the best bookseller I have ever met in my entire life. She is a tornado of a woman. That's for sure. Um, But if she tells me, Amanda, I read that book at the library, and it's garbage, and you would hate it. Like, say no more. Audrey doesn't have to tell me why. I trust Audrey. And Audrey, like, knows me and knows what I like to read. So that's like the first kind of barrier of entry is like, do I know you and do you know me in do you terms
2: of trust that source? Right.
0: Yeah. Do I trust that source? And that's a very small pool of people. Most of the the reviewers here, um, there's not really an exception, but I just know that some of us read different things. So what some person loves isn't necessarily going to be
2: for me. Oh, yeah. I have email that says, Sarah, I love everything you hate. Keep up the good work. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I
0: maybe this is like the the cynical part of me but I no book is perfect right so I'm automatically suspicious if a book has an A grade I feel like a squee grade is different than an A grade no it's definitely
2: different you're right yeah
0: it's like I loved this book it you know for me it was just a joyful experience it may not be perfect but like it made me feel so good.
2: Yeah. Squee is a signal. Objectivity is not here. There is no objective criticism here. This is just rainbow cannon. Take cover. Here it comes.
0: But for for a perfect grade, no matter like what grading system a site is using, I'm automatically, I guess like on the defensive, I was like, there's no way (laughs) there can't, there's just no way. (laughs) This book is without flaw. So I feel like I'm more trusting of like a B plus or an A minus than I am of an A grade. You know, no piece of media will be for everyone. But I think it's helpful to inform people about whether that piece of media will be for them or not. That's definitely for like I read.
3: similar to the questions I ask myself when I'm writing the review is like, who will like this? Because I always think someone will, even if I hated it.
2: Yeah. If, if, if two things are, are generally true. One, that romance is a space in which we are entrusting our emotions and our empathy as readers. And the larger context of what is happening around romance is important. Then any breakdown in that trust is important. And. It is it is essential, I think, when you're dealing with, especially right now, when you're dealing with with people who really need the solace of a of, of happy story, the context in which that story is taking place is very important. And what happens in that story is important. And Shana, any last comments about reviews or a book you want to tell us about that you absolutely squeed over?
3: Well, I would just say my last thoughts are that I looked at my notes. For one of my last reviews in preparation for this interview, because when I do reviews, I like take notes throughout the whole thing, which is basically just like if I were texting Sarah like while reading it, which I won't do because Sarah has a life. Like <laughs> that's what my notes are. I
2: almost and, spit water all over my microphone.
3: <laughs> and Sarah does not have a life.
2: What are you talking about?
3: <laughs> Even though most of my notes do not make it to the review, I just want to say they are really hilarious to me. <laughs> I'm hilarious rereading them I was like that hero is an incel like why is there so much like dick waving happening in the book like everything is bullshit like there's no context in my notes it's just like (laughs) this was bullshit I'm like I wonder what's happening then but I wrote that down I don't know so I highly recommend doing that if you were going to write reviews because it will entertain you later when you go back and look at your notes
0: you like look at your highlights, you're
2: like, what is this? <laughs> That's why there's uh, a number of conversational reviews that happen on the site, which I love because reading someone else's conversation about a book they've both read can be extremely illuminating. It's not quite the same tone and voice as someone reviewing, knowing that that reviewer is essentially talking to you, the reader. You're actually reading the transcript of what people are saying to each other. But I like both types because y'all are hilarious. <laughs> Amanda, what about you? Any last thoughts on reviews or books you want to say, talk about? Reviewing is hard. Like oh, it's so hard. <laughs> I like I feel like some
0: people think you just type up a little summary and thumbs up or thumbs down and you're good to go. It is tough. And Sarah is a is a fair editor, but a tough editor. <laughs> and she makes like you'll say something, she's like, okay, but why? Like, why do you feel this way? I'm like, Sarah, I don't want to, I don't want to analyze my own feeling. So reviewing is hard and it is, uh, you know, kudos to all of our reviewers and anyone thinking that just some average Joe can do this. You're wrong. It's it, it takes practice and work and the willingness to be critical and look at your own writing. And sometimes I don't want to look at my own writing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> It's like I don't like hearing my own voice. I don't like reading my own writing. <laughs> and in terms of books, as I mentioned before, I stayed up till four a.m. reading *The Duke I Tempted* by Scarlett Peckham. I uh, abused my power and asked when the new uh, Scarlett Peckham will be out. I like put out some feelers. Nobody knows. So, oh, I know it's okay. I hope I hope Scarlett's doing great. But so I'm just going through the backlist and I'm enjoying it for
2: now. <laughs> Yay! Thank you for doing this y'all. And thank you for all of your reviews. I know it's hard. I know it is hard. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Amanda and Shayna for hanging out with me and talking about reviewing. Thank you to Tara and Leslie for the questions. I will have links to everything we talked about in the show notes, including some of the reviews that we mentioned at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. As you may have heard me mention in last week's episode, coming up on October 15th, I am starting a new podcast project. It is called the Sweet Dreams Romance Recap Project because I don't create things with short titles. Basically, I'm going to recap the first 20 Sweet Dreams romances, which are vintage YA paperbacks. You might have seen they started being published in the early 80s. I'm going to be starting with P.S. I Love You by Barbara Conklin, which is Sweet Dreams number one. And some folks say it is a book that really got them into romance. We're going to look at the cover copy, the cover photography, the context, the story, and we're going to talk about the writers and take a look back at romance that was the gateway for so many readers. If you were into Sweet Dreams or you remember some of these, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at sarah at smartbitchestrashybooks.com and put Sweet Dreams in the subject line. I would really love to hear which is your favorite. And I'll see you on the 15th with our first Sweet Dreams recap. This podcast is also brought to you by Headspace. If you have tried meditation before and felt like it didn't work or maybe like you were doing it wrong, have a look at Headspace, especially if mental health is part of your self-care plan this year. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So, whatever the occasion, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has 30 minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind down meditations that Amanda and their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Since I started using Headspace, my day goes a little easier when I start with meditation. And I've meditated nearly every morning. I feel pretty great. I also love the Focus music collection in the Headspace app. I love the variety and I love the curated playlists. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you, on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash Sarah. That's headspace.com Sarah for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash Sarah today. As always, I end each episode with a truly terrible joke, and this week is no exception because why would I abandon you like that after getting you hooked on the very worst of humor? It is... It would be really mean. It is an unkind thing for me to do. So you ready for joke time? Joke time! All right. You ready? Serious podcaster voice. How did Vikings communicate across long distances? Give up? How did Vikings communicate across long distance? They used Norse code. (laughs) (laughs) Norse code. (laughs) Thank you very much to sleep now my throwaway on Reddit for that fabulous joke. If you would like to send me a joke or you would just like to get in touch with me or you just like to tell me things, this is great. Please do. You can email me at sarah at com or sbjpodcast at gmail.com. Whichever one sticks in your ears or your mind more. I love to hear from you. It's lovely when you send me email. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a fabulous weekend and we will see you back here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.